Welcome. You guys have tuned into the show which we are calling as Technically Speaking. This show is our attempt at taking you guys behind the screen and into the technical side of filmmaking where all the magic happens. Through this show, we will be talking to all the master technicians themselves and getting first hand information about their respective fields and what all goes into making their craft. With that out of the way, let's talk about this episode. As they say, not all heroes wear capes, but the guest that we have with us today is probably responsible for tackling a few CGI capes himself. We have Mr. Jaykar Arudra with us, who is a VFX supervisor at Double Negative. He's worked on films like Tron, PK, Bombay Velvet, Detective Bomkesh Bakshi, Venom, Greyhound, and as of recently, Shazam, Fury of Gods, and the mighty Brahmastra. The knowledge and experience that Mr. Jaikar brings with himself is so vast. Through this episode, I'm really hoping that you guys get to understand the world of filmmaking through the lens of a VFX supervisor. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Welcome, sir. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this and being the first guest on this little podcast of ours that we are starting called uh, Technically Speaking. Yes, and thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I'm really excited because uh, I was a I'm a VFX artist myself, and from working on goofy fire effects back in the day in After Effects to finally having the opportunity to talk to an industry professional like yourself, it's it's been a journey. Like I'm really happy and looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely, Damar. Nice, nice. Yes, so, sir. The first question that I wanted to ask you was, how did you get into this world of VFX? Like, what were your first steps like? Oh, I, th- I thought you will say Brahmastra. VFX is almost what, like um, 25 years old. I've been in the industry for quite some time. Okay. Uh, so the, basically, I'm a management graduate. Okay. I, I finished my MBA in marketing from uh, Geetam University. Holding, okay. uh, uh, I eventually got, uh, was ranked second in the university in uh, MBA. Okay. And I thought that was, that was my field. And uh, from, from there, I was in corporate marketing for almost, say, two, two and a half years. And um, somehow I've, I've always been like an artist at heart, always drawing, painting and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously at that point of time, there was not like too much of material in India that that would actually be, you know, mm-hmm. like visual effects, be, that we could call visual effects. Mm-hmm. But of course, painting and art uh, has been like my hobby. I used to like do landscapes, portraits and all that stuff. Okay. So then uh, uh, post my MBA, uh, me and another friend of mine, we actually started a small graphic studio as part of business management. Okay. Wanting, wanting to do, you know, project works for uh, my friends in MBA and, uh, you know, maybe we said, you know, let us play around with uh, 3D software and stuff like that. So that was just the introduction of how, uh, you know, we got into this field. And then uh, from there, it was all self-taught. Okay. And and then you know the, that time Pentafort was like the biggest in India, so okay. I went and told my dad that you know I'm going to like quit the job because I th- I think my interest is going to like be in uh, visual effects. Okay. And that time no one knew like what visual effects also was, so I had gone to like Pentafort. I worked over there for almost uh, two years. Then my first film over there was Chachi Charso Bees. Okay. Yeah, so there, there's this, uh, you know, there, there's this uh, rose that comes around Kamal's neck. Uh, 3D Max, of course, was there. Then Soft Image was there and all. 
Okay. And of course, so that's how my introduction happened. Then, of course, I kind of uh, moved out from there and uh, we started. Multimedia was like very, very famous at that point of time. Hmm. So I've, I've joined a, a studio in Gujarat doing, uh, you know, multimedia. Okay. Right. And we were doing a lot of multimedia titles. And that was the point when I was a lot into 3D Studio Max. So I'm awesome. a journalist. Okay. I'm a journalist. Uh, with uh, modeling, lighting, texturing, you know, I, I love all that stuff. Hmm. So uh, one of my works actually got published in Autodesk. So oh, I was just doing it more for, uh, you know, uh, hobby sake. Okay. It was called the Indian beauty. Like, you know, I've made up, I made a, a full face of a girl with some ornaments and ray tracing and all that stuff. And at that point of time, just having like one full head, you know, hmm. being able to like render with, you know, all this uh, ray tracing and stuff was a big thing. Hmm. You know, now yes. it is, of course, like, you know, now things have become more complex. Yeah. But I'm talking about like at least 20, 20 years back. My was, God. Okay. So Quite that was, yeah. So that was pretty much my uh, work. And I actually got a mail from Autodesk one day saying that, oh. you know, can we actually publish your work in the tutorials page? Mm -hmm. uh, I said, like, you know, great. That sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> So from yeah. there, I think, you know, it was uh, my uh, the images have been like, you know, as part of Autodesk tutorials for uh, at least a couple of years. Okay. Wow, sir. That's quite a journey, like from MBA to yes. being featured on Autodesk tutorial page. It's quite yes. a spectrum. Right. Okay, sir. Wow. Uh, sir, as a VFX supervisor, I want to ask you, what are your day-to-day -day responsibilities like? See, what, what happens is, um, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, a lot of our... Uh, um, it's mainly about helping our teams. Uh, so especially whenever, uh, you know, in the context of Brahmastra or like, you know, any other project, I, I generally start talking with the director and his team to kind mm -hmm. of educate them, especially in India, you know, since, uh, you know, VFX has been there, but of course, as uh, filmmakers and storytellers, mm -hmm. you know, some of them are, uh, they, they know a lot of uh, information about VFX. I've worked with directors who know a lot about visual effects, uh, how they have to like shoot and stuff like that. Plus there are like many more who are getting newly introduced to this whole concept of visual effects. Okay. So as a VFX supervisor, I would think that my first thing would be to like really team up with the director, the, 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 the DOP and, you know, and, and the team of and the, you know, ADs and stuff to kind of explain that, you know, what is the process of visual effects? Hmm. What happens? Okay. Because suddenly you put them into a, a full chroma stage hmm. and no one knows like what's, what's going on east, west, north, south, everything looks the same. Hmm. So what is this? And then, you know, when we talk about, okay, you know, poster shot, we need a HDR. So I need my team to understand okay. how much time does the HDR take? Or hmm. if I say, uh, you know what, you guys need to like, tell me um, before moving a set piece that I need hmm. to like, do a LIDAR. Okay. They need to understand like what that time means because on shoot, you know, we can't go on the day of shoot and say, okay, let's, let's uh, give me some time for lighter. So mm -hmm. if, if the team and us as a VFX supervisor are not in sync, mm -hmm. how much time a lighter would take? It's going mm -hmm. to be a little bit of a, a difficult situation because okay. you have your actors, time is running out. You, mm -hmm. you know how it is on, yes. on, on shoot. It's, it's so many people, mm -hmm. all of them towards the same goal of mm. creating that beautiful shot or that 
sure you know sure that's there in uh, the director's mind everyone's mm. working towards that but each department looks only at their own small piece right but as a visual effects supervisor you have to like really uh, you know kind of communicate with almost all teams okay i think that's the beauty of it so the, the so the biggest part as a vfx supervisor would be to on shoot to like really communicate mm-hmm. uh, with with the on shoot teams the director and everyone as to what we have planned before okay you know a particular shot is designed and all that stuff we do that so that you know because see visual effects is a very expensive process mm-hmm. it is an expensive process uh, it takes time and effort and cost and everything is included in that so as a vfx so i would imagine that it's very important that on shoot we take care of certain things so that you know the, the amount of money that goes into a shot is going into the right places okay. we don't want to like uh, uh, do a clean up that could actually have been like done on shoot for example okay you know things like that understood and of yeah. course there are like lots of other things you know maybe we have to like shoot textures maybe we have to like shoot lidars we have to like take hdrs and things mm-hmm. like that so that once the shoot is done our work actually starts at the desk okay right. so when i give it back to my team and say okay guys this is this is all the material that we have now this is what we have to like do so as, as a vfx supervisor one has to like pretty much know the entire length and breadth of uh, you know the whole process mm-hmm. you know of what goes where and which department would require what kind of information right yes so that, that's that's i think in a in a nutshell maybe i've over explained it but you know so you've made it like very clear uh, you know uh, to everyone like what exactly it is okay so it's just a lot of coordination that has to be lot of, lots done. of coordination because if you are in one department hmm. especially like let's say you're building an asset hmm. you you would need a lidar you would need like uh, you know uh, uh, lots of uh, reference photographs right? right you would need in in fact you would need like photographs what what we call it as you know shoot shoot them with uh, filters where you don't have any reflections right okay so that you can use them as textures you so those kind of things mm. you need to like know so okay. when you take back that information sit with your asset team and say mm. guys this is the asset that we have to like build they pretty much have like a good starting point okay so what would you say what's that one thing that you love the most about your job not the most i don't think it's like one thing it's like 10 things 10 things i, I okay. think it's uh, it's it's uh, the creative uh, satisfaction okay. that uh, yeah i would get uh, creating a world creating an image hmm. yeah, which becomes part of a, a storytelling process hmm. i think that becomes like really important because again the, the, like let's say in the context of uh, brahmastra for example you know the director would say i'm thinking something like you know when uh, uh, when uh, when a protagonist uh, has a certain feeling the fire should uh, react in a certain way okay did we see how a fire reacts when i'm angry no no so we have to like really go back and then you know uh, see maybe uh, do a lot of research that okay. for example what ignites a fire maybe mm. uh, a lot more gasoline or maybe a petrol so so my, for me the most exciting thing would be to like really convert a particular thought okay. into a design 
and then pull it onto a screen in such a way that you know audience just again sees it for the first time they just appreciate it and say like wow i don't i don't think that exists but it's like really cool to see okay. you know got so, it yeah I, i would think that's that's quite exciting got it sir so having asked you that i have to ask you the opposite end of the spectrum that is what is that one thing that you like hate the most about the job something that really gets on your nerve yeah meaning you know you have different kind of directors different kind of clients mm. that work across like a huge uh, plethora of uh, clients mm. some very specific very specific and uh, some extremely like vague like what you said you know uh, some as specific as i just want only like four bubbles over there okay so especially when you when you're doing like an fx sim and someone just says oh i need only like three or four over there it becomes a little tricky because fx has its own dynamics hmm yes and uh, you don't want to like bend the dynamics because it will start looking very you know uh, unreal hmm but if someone pushes you towards that it gets a little frustrating at times but okay. that is when we need to like really discuss it out saying that you know okay i can just do a small test and show you of how unreal it might look because Mm-hmm. when uh, directors kind of give you a note saying that you know okay let's do this they may or may not uh, realize that you know you cannot go beyond a certain dynamics okay you, know, you don't want to like defy physics hmm so yeah. staying within the whole realm of physics staying within the whole realm of dynamics of course you can do like whatever but if someone's asking you to like go some if for me that doesn't work if someone uh, if i feel that you know the physics and dynamics are not going to like work in this at all i have to like go back and then discuss that note with the client trying to understand what exactly do they want okay so if you understand what exactly they want you can always put it in a different way okay so that i think it's it's, it's a little complex but uh, happens in many projects uh so at the beginning of your career did you work on any small scale film oh, yeah my own uh, personal projects multimedia i said we were working on uh, you know uh, like small multimedia projects so yeah uh, we were doing a lot of uh, small multimedia projects and you know uh, at that time the render resolutions were 720 hd okay <laughs> that itself was <laughs> a big and uh, so moving uh, across so in my career the the biggest render resolution we were doing was 16k okay 16k wow, for a light film okay yeah so so i think you know the journey from quite 720 hd to like 16k is quite quite big it's quite a, it's quite a journey it's huge it's yeah. it's huge uh, sir you are credited as a vfx creative director uh, in bombay velvet uh what's yeah. the difference between a vfx creative director and a vfx supervisor and like do the responsibilities overlap not uh, really i think you know it's it's just a, a way they would uh, you know kind of uh, give give you uh, titles but okay. vfx supervisor is pretty much standard you okay. know across meaning you know it's 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 not like a different thing but again the same process process what we follow is the same okay yeah i think it's just a way they would have just coined the term okay. maybe it sounded cool <laughs> okay god see that yeah. 
sir so having as you said having worked on a small scale film to something as massive budget like bombay velvet Mm. uh what is one major difference uh, do you feel in both of these experiences apart from the the scale and the budget uh purely in speaking terms of execution and experience like what's the difference i, th- I think uh, if if i could kind of uh, say in a way for uh, a, a project like uh, maybe a bombay velvet or another uh, smaller film or of course even uh, you know bigger films i think research to start with Like, you know your ability to uh, maybe you know fly down to a certain place travel to a certain place take a certain uh, photography like you know reference photography for example mm-hmm. because you know for example uh, in one of my projects we had to like shoot or we had to have uh, uh, you know like huge rocks just besides the ocean okay you know, maybe we were we were doing about a tribe about a tribe who were living over there so at okay. one point of time we were thinking that you know we design the whole rocks in a studio and we shoot it hmm. and then we put the ocean behind them but you know you're limited meaning nature is very complex hmm. nature is very complex so then i had to like really talk to our creative team and in, in terms of the director and all and say you know it's not going to look real unless and until again you spend that kind of a money you know in mm. in visual effects to make it real of course there's nothing mm. that you cannot do in visual effects right. it all boils down to uh, you know time and money yes right? right because only money also cannot give you everything mm. you have to like be able to like spend time on a shot yes uh, you should be able to like iterate it like so many times mm. so then we had to like take a call that you know instead of this let us find a place okay where you know you have like this huge ocean nearby and things like that and finally we found one place in mauritius okay i would say if it's like a if it's like a very smaller uh, you know uh, film or something and uh, if the director says you know what we we can't do like so much then we kind of maybe have to like fit the storytelling to the budget okay you know maybe i have like only like one uh, wide shot and like a establishing shot Right. Okay. Yes. And then maybe uh, cut down things for like you know more based on the story, and then cut down the little bit of the beauty factor which comes with nice sweeping wide shots and stuff like that. You need to trim that. Trim that out. Yes. Okay. So things like that. Okay. So talking about Detective Bhumkesh Bakshi, what a beautiful film, sir. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites. Is is really lovely. So I wanted to ask you, what were the challenges did you face in recreating the pre-independence Kolkata that we saw in the film? same thing i think we uh, had been to kolkata to do reference shoot okay the chorangi square what we were doing mm-hmm. and then of course uh, we we had to like create the old bombay okay we, we had to create the old bombay it was absolute fun creating old bombay because we had to go through vintage photographs and uh, unbelievable you know photographs that we had to like see beautiful it was okay. and of course then uh, i think that was one of those first films where we had used crowd systems mm. which actually used indian attires oh okay like the, uh, so many of my crowds were wearing dhoti and you know kurta mm mm-hmm. which which generally crowd systems don't support okay as much so we had to like you know uh, do some custom fits for them to make okay. sure that you know, it kind of works in a way that uh, it works for the shot and uh, so since it was like i said it was like the pre independence we had uh, 
different reference photographs again for costumes and things like that okay and, uh, creating those trams creating the whole of that place so i think i think again it boiled down to like a lot of research i i think one of the reason why it looks like so believable on screen is that the amount of research what we put in okay and of course like you know the way we polish the shot to make sure that you know it absolutely uh, you know flows with the whole storytelling right yeah and of yes. course then a lot of our uh, shoot was happening in uh, sri lanka where we had like this massive set okay for, for uh, sorry that was for bombay well right Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so, what does a bad day in your profession look like? Bad day in a profession look like. I think bad day. It generally, you know, maybe if uh, you know on a shoot, if if we if we go for a shoot and the shoot is absolutely slow, okay. like you know something like broke down and nothing is happening. Okay. it it kind of like really you know the uh, is a bothers because we know how much of work you know back in the office we have left mm. especially i would have left my team mm. to come on shoot mm. you know but on shoot i would expect that you know each each minute is kind of being productive like we are doing shots um, you know taking decisions and things like that but if everything is come to like a halt because of something that would be like a bad day but um, in and otherwise i think less of bad days and i guess but that that i would put it as more like a bad day got it yes yes sir. anyone would get frustrated yes sir having such a variety of uh, credits to your imdb page like uh, you know what difference uh, did you feel uh, while working on say something like a hollywood project like venom versus a bollywood film i think for me the work has to speak for itself and the work has to be on par okay so typically visual effects you would have seen a lot of uh, stuff nowadays you know there are a lot more uh, you know companies like smaller studios doing like really good work hmm. and what happens is two things in visual effects i feel are very you know quite known one is the invisible visual effects hmm. which could be uh, you know you are doing a uh, uh, a background extinction or things like that or some anything it could be anything mm. it's it's invisible for the audience and your success is pretty much 100% when the audience doesn't realize that you have worked on a shot right? right so that is a lot of majority of visual effects uh, you know in india i would say are more in that zone okay where, where you know but the other part of it where it's it's more fantasy Hmm. it's more fantasy where you know maybe the fantasy could be like an explosion it could be like a, a huge creature or it could be anything that is a, a little bit unreal but then you have to make it so real that your audience agrees that you know okay i can believe that that's part of the story i can okay. believe what's happening okay so i would feel that you know that aspect nowadays it's slowly growing in indian films but otherwise hollywood of course it has been a lot of you know this huge explosions and you know you have uh, uh, films where like you know this 100 feet waves come and then wash out the cities or like you know destruction films or creatures and things like that but mm. i think slowly in in indian films i think they are getting bolder with visual effects right 
yes yeah. definitely sir yes and i think you know that that's like a uh, change that i would think that uh, we have seen because in indian films of course mostly we have used visual, visual effects for uh, um you know uh, invisible visual, visual effects hmm. but last couple of years we have seen that you know we have seen lot more bolder things coming up hmm. to the point where now we are straight away getting into a, a big fantasy film Hmm. in your face the visual effects there there's nothing to hide we are hmm. creating fire we are creating you know big uh, you know set pieces we are being creating like big explosions everything right in front of you in broad daylight and taking them to a point where audience can believe that yes you know i think um, that that's a big change i would think okay so i've read online that you've worked on the bike chase sequence uh, from venom can you tell us a bit about like how that sequence was executed from conception to the final delivery and you can get as detailed in terms of the technicalities yeah i think uh, that was that was one of the one of my favorite uh, you know uh, sequences the bike chase uh, favorite sequences and uh, actually one fun part of the whole uh, process for me is actually seeing the scans okay when you see when you see the scans it's so much fun because especially on uh, venom we had uh, one of our uh, supervisor from london kind of uh, being on a shoot supervisor so i wasn't there but of course once the entire cut is turned around you see how uh, you know they they are uh, in a in a ac you know studio they're in a ac studio and um, you know this this acting as if mm. they're passing through all the stuff and things like that i really like that you know okay. and, and of course you know the, the actors are so good at that that when a good actor uh, a good performance a mm. good performance is taken out of a chroma and then put into the original on into the uh, virtual world they just mix like so well yes and we definitely have to give a good credit to the performance also because if the performance is not up to the mark mm. you will never feel that you know that the same thing is happening Of course, yeah. So in Venom, we actually got. Uh, I actually forget the number of shots and all, but yeah, uh, it it was shot on a rig. Mm. It, it was, all the close-ups of uh, him was uh, shot on a rig inside a studio where he would just do keep doing this action and of course some lights going through and stuff like that. So it would typically be like very okay. This is what has come. So that's our material. Okay. And then of course we get the edit. which mm. basically has uh, storyboards okay they'll, they'll be like filling it up with storyboards saying that you know okay this shot uh, is like just zipping past uh, mm. some something or uh, there there's a scene where he just goes through uh, between two cars mm. he, he goes through yes. two cars and then you know venom comes and tries and comes and uh, pulls both the cars for yeah. him and then he comes forward and then some car comes and hits him and then takes off and all Yes. So we said fine like you know this uh, kind of looks cool as a storyboard. So now when we actually come to like execution how do we do that? So then of course we uh, built the whole digi double okay uh, for Tom Hardy. Yeah, so we did the uh, digi double for him and um, so in Dinek of course you know there's like a very strict pipeline for how uh, we create very realistic looking uh, digi doubles. Okay. and uh, again from principal photography and reference photography is we build the whole bike and things like that 
then um, of course when venom was uh, one of our uh, most uh, favorite creature in the in the studio at that point of time and i think i think the one of the important things or the success of what makes a racing uh, you know shot successful is every shot has to like build energy into the shot you know okay. we have to like build energy if you see a shot just by itself we have to like really think through of if you have to like really shoot that particular shot in a on a on a mm-hmm. street how are you shooting it okay how are you shooting it so we basically had i think drones chasing him also you know on 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 that particular sequence and then we all decided that you know what if uh, our uh, cameraman was sitting on another bike mm. kind of uh, going going through and then his kind of trying to um, kind of trying to get focus on the actor because when you actually get the whole shot they would try to mimic that but it's much slower it is much you know mm. you have all the information so right. there are like lo- lots of things where we have to like recreate the whole scene the whole environment because okay. we, we had what it's called uh, called like a eight eight camera setup mm-hmm. like a eight camera rig well, what our teams have set up and then the whole you know the reference photography had happened using that eight camera setup okay so there would be like uh, you know video footages of uh, you know the whole streets which, oh, uh, which yeah al- almost like a 360 degree but uh, since the 360 degree would not give you that resolution mm-hmm. we would pretty much uh, use like 8k's mm-hmm. the 8k's okay. were you know the eight cameras of course with uh, maybe like a 6k or a 8k kind of uh, footage uh, so we it's it's a, a vehicle rig that we create okay then shoot the whole reference photography in video okay in okay. video so when once we get that whole thing you have almost say you know the eight different you know uh, footages from different cameras and then uh, we have like custom software that we can actually stitch all the stuff into a video bubble so once you have your video bubble then we break up uh, a shot and say okay he's because we had to like chalk out the whole path of from where he is starting the chase and where he is ending the whole chase mm-hmm. because there's there's need to be a continuity of uh, you know places also because like let's say Uh, you know a certain place you know that you cannot jump from one a section to another section differently it will mm. look odd for people yeah. who know so we did we wanted to like be very uh, faithful to the whole geography so we would take like a google map okay and then maybe put the whole path of course the director and all would have already done that for us saying okay he starts here he's going through this market he goes through a china um, market and then you know he reaches somewhere over there and that is where his bike actually flies off right yeah so based on that we would actually select that part of the video uh, the uh, background bubble hmm and then start projecting it on um uh, either cards or maybe some uh, basic geometries to get a okay. sense of okay this is the space so then you know that you know in this particular shot he moves from point a to point b mm-hmm. point a to point b we have the video bubble okay then you project it across on on all these cards so what 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 happens is your speed at which you have shot your video bubble will never match the speed at which you want the actor to perform okay okay It'll never match or you have shot your actor in a studio with a certain speed ah uh-huh. maybe maybe you kind of uh, you know someone is traveling in front of you in the on the on a, on a motorbike you are chasing them 
you turn them and then you know like let's say you came in front of them and then you pull the camera that camera move is already baked in mm-hmm. into into your plate right and then yes. what you have shot on a the video separately that ah. speed and this speed will never match never match yes okay so then you sit and then say okay oh. how do we resolve that okay because if you do something very wacky that you know speeding up and things like that your background characters are going to move really fast hmm because we have shot a video it's not right. a static right yes right so you have to so all these things just okay. come into come into okay. play and then uh, the once you resolve all the stuff and then say then you present it to the director saying okay uh, this is what we are thinking this is so that's hmm. that that's my first stage of blocking okay going through the layout of the whole thing and then uh, you know put, put a very basic um you know like a key just put a rough key mm. for, for your scan mm. put your character over there in the right place mm. so we need to so along with the team i would actually uh, chalk out the entire plan of okay moving from point a to point b in this shot next shot is point b to point c things like that so it, mm. we have to like really take care of that whole thing because the director can just see and say oh okay it's looking correct or wrong but the technical aspects of how the whole thing would work is me and my team's uh, you know expertise right so we have to like really do all that stuff and then present a full blocking of okay. the chase and say okay this is what we are thinking then things would be like you know what um, because even while they are shooting they would just shoot it mm-hmm. but like i said the energy in one shot especially in the chase sequence has to be maintained at a certain maintained, right. peak Yes. Which at times it just drops. Okay. Okay. So you have shot something like a mid shot, hmm. but then it's looking. It's in the middle of some nice fast chase. Suddenly you put a slow mid shot. It doesn't work. Hmm. It'll break the rhythm. Yes. It'll break the rhythm. So there would be maybe techniques like you know I would just punch in. Okay. I would just punch in and then maybe just create that kind of a camera you know a move or a, a camera shake trying to like you know capture. the subject almost recreate that whole scene saying that okay if your actor is just like whizzing past on a camera and then you are sitting on another camera trying to focus on him hmm. there are times when you lose the actor okay in real world yes and again you turn your camera and then you try to like again frame him yes yes so that yeah, again yeah. becomes part of your experience that okay yes. let's do this camera like this oh. then you start building up your energy into that okay right so things like that so these things okay. going on and wow. that is one thing which many uh, I, i wouldn't say all but many films in india actually they they tend not to do that like especially action sequences hmm. when you do action scenes you speed up a action hmm. to make it fast okay right? you need to like do it in a very very you know refined way so that it doesn't look like your background characters move fast you know your okay. wind in the trees are not moving like that and stuff like that which actually lot of indian movies you know if they really don't take care of that they just speed it up and edit and say put it mm-hmm. but of course like i said again now uh, things are becoming like so much more refined people are becoming you know the even directors and everyone is uh, a more you know uh, uh, aware of all this so yeah that that's that's in a nutshell what went through that whole you know chase sequence for venom 
okay wow sir that's uh, got to know a lot of things uh, sir what is that one thing that you know you wish you knew uh, when you were beginning your career every like i always keep telling my team also there is no wrong decision okay. ever in life it's always your decision is right at one point of time hmm. even today if i'm taking a decision it's right now okay. it's good so any for any one of us when we are taking a decision it is right in that point of time so of course after a few years retrospect when you see it hmm. you might feel oh why did i take that decision so i never feel that there are ever wrong decisions at all okay so in, in terms of i really don't feel anything like that like, you know if i if i knew something no at that, because at that point of time because i wanted to like really get into something like so creative and you know wanted to do something yes of course we stepped into this um, you know this beautiful world of uh, visual effects um yeah okay. okay sir so is there any uh, any myth any one myth about the industry or your profession that you would like to debunk right to some extent i think uh, nowadays people actually know a lot more about visual effects but uh, you know uh, 15 years back when i got married my in-laws thought i was into acting okay because they knew i was doing something <laughs> with films okay <laughs> so they thought i was acting okay tried explaining them that you know it's not acting but it's visual effects but then i said fine you know <laughs> you just played so, along yeah so i think that that's one part second part of course um uh, i'm i'm sure like you know anyone who is in uh, visual effects and all they you know friends outside feel you know this is the most glamorous hmm uh, industry but it uh, the, but it is extremely like you know people work like really hard like in any other industry like really hard this couple of myths where people think that you know it's it's extremely glamorous and all that stuff they they kind of mix our you know film industry with visual effects right yes but yes we are we are kind of uh, you know we work together but it's different hmm. but even even for that example like you know even uh, film industry also yes it it has its own glam glamour glamour and all mm. but lots of hard work lots of uh, you know technicians who work on that and you know it is a lot of hard work okay uh, so recently i was reading somewhere uh, and i came across this line it said this is the era of generalists mm. uh, so uh, uh, would you agree to this statement or in your opinion having say like a specialization from the get go is a better approach mm i i would say you have to have the whole knowledge of the entire pipeline you know in inside of vfx of what happens like because uh, i always talk to my teams also in the similar thing that you have to like respect what your output is going to be because that's going to be an input for the next department okay right okay yes so everyone needs to like own it up mm. and say okay this is what i'm doing uh, right from naming of a certain file to like you know how carefully you like really clean the whole file and keep everything uh, accessible and ready so that your next team can actually very easily get into that and use it that is very very important so that also that is one big aspect second i would think that you know as a vfx artist or like you know in the within the industry you need to like know what happens across all the departments you need not master it hmm right but you have to like know what is what okay. how the department works okay and then of course if if you are a generalist great 
nowadays things have become like so complex across every department hmm. like i said i was a journalist when i started okay, and yes. uh, and uh, you definitely have to like know everything of uh, of uh, all departments if your aim is to like become a visual effects supervisor someday okay 100% right okay. Uh, and of course you need to like know how you want to like really uh, plan out your shot how you want to like really sit with the director break the shot so that practically it's possible also right it has mm. to be possible practically also okay. things like that okay and so generalist yes if someone's like a generalist like really amazing great um, because we had like very few very few but amazing generalist across my career i have seen okay but like i said in this day and age every department itself is an ocean hmm. you know the kind of software that they, that have come the kind of techniques that uh, people use and stuff so yeah any any time journalist is uh, is great but i would say you have to like really be you know crafty at your department at least like one or two departments mm-hmm. okay and uh, we always uh, talk about uh, this stuff that you know if you are in the asset build asset build team hmm. definitely uh, you know learn over a period of time learn things like compositing okay so that you know any either you are working for yourself or whether you are in a company you you should be able to be you know um, put into different departments hmm. suddenly what if suddenly work finishes in asset department you're going not going to just sit at idle right right no but if you can like really add value for yourself hmm. by learning you know compositing or lighting or uh, another department which is almost at the end of the pipe you can always move into that hmm. yes so that i think you know that flexibility or that value addition is uh, extremely in my opinion uh, valuable understood sir very very well put got it um sir any advice you would like to give to aspiring vfx artists like myself and all the other people that are listening to this um passion i think be passionate very very important and uh, uh, patience very important okay. committing because listening is an art you have to like listen hmm. because Uh, across my career when we speak with the artists you see like different kind of artists and the the artists who actually come back with value addition you know you don't want to like wait for every small step you have to like add your own value you know like let's say there there is a, you know a, a asset we are creating for example okay you do your own research also okay because of course you are going to like get Uh, research material and all this stuff mm. right it's always a thing of uh, you know happiness when your artist or someone comes with you know extra material reference material and says this is why i did that mm-hmm. you know i've okay. seen this uh, particular thing happening in this thing so you know we did that over there that's really great that is value addition okay. so i would say be passionate you know if you can value add into your things and uh, uh, be nice to next departments very important be respectful of your work okay. i think you guys will be like because this is like you know a time when the industry is like growing so much multifold hmm. it's growing multifold 
right it's going yes. to be it's going to be even better and you know bigger and better in the future so it is going to be huge so and i think yeah it's it's a good time uh so there's a lot of talk that's going on uh wherein vfx artists are coming out say on reddit and stuff that they talk about being underpaid and you know made to do really uh, extreme amount of overwork and stuff like that uh to what extent is is it a reality i would i would say you know partial i would say but again see everyone needs to understand a little bit about uh, how things work right it's a creative field there there is there, there no one's telling you that you know okay uh, make a square or make a sphere hmm. if i tell make a square it's very clear hmm you would make a square there's no need of any corrections in that but right. if i say uh, draw a creature draw a creature can be anything hmm. right and of course on top of it you would have uh, you know like a director or a production house kind of driving that kind of thing giving you inputs and stuff okay so so if if i say okay draw a creature like you know a a a dragon with say like you know some 10 legs okay and so that could just be like a very basic you know input but then it is up to us also to like really supply like different different iterations or different designs so that the person who is also thinking we can give some more value addition to that and say okay what do you think about this what do you think about that and then maybe mix up and do it so in that context it may not get approved in the time that what we are thinking okay but there is a budget for everything okay but for a client it's only satisfaction hmm. that is why we see like lots of yeah, different okay. things that you know the budget is different but the expectation is different right that always happens because we always want the best hmm hmm yes not only not only a director as an artist as a supervisor everyone all of us in life want like really the best for the least amount of money right yeah that's Or, human nature you know that is yes. human nature right so you know there's there's nothing wrong in expectation hmm right but it's also a responsibility of whoers like you know meeting up the client or as an artist or at, at every level setting up the expectations right Hmm. Okay. But of course like you know that we have uh, been <clears throat> you know in uh, when the project is coming towards an end bait any company small big medium any size all of us have to be you know there will be that last minute push. Okay. That phrase itself is there the last minute push. So and uh, that is part of the project that's part of the process there's nothing wrong in that. Okay. there's nothing wrong in that but it cannot become the process itself like let's say okay. my uh, my project say, say is for like 6 months okay of course if people are being grilled for all the 6 months definitely something is wrong okay right? yes it's not adding up somewhere it's not adding up something something is terribly wrong okay because i have been in in projects like that where we have spoken you know in in a different company Hmm. we have spoken in uh, that you know we should not be like taking up this project because it is going to like burn us down because the number of days for doing a certain thing is like very less but like let's say you have you know for some reason you have gotten into that project hmm. and you are made you are bound to burn down hmm. 
Okay. But that is like an extreme case. But in regular case, you know, if you if you have like a six months project, I would say say the last month could be like hectic. But I don't think people should cry just because of that last month. Hmm. Okay. It it happens. It's it's okay. It's it's part of the whole process. But like I said again, if the whole six months is like you know you're crying, then definitely something's wrong with you know somewhere. Yeah. Got it. So my next question, it's sort of uh, uh, very funny because you've mentioned uh, something about it. Uh, while doing our research, uh, we came across uh, multiple uh, places and articles where uh, you've been mentioned as a Hindi supporting actor. <laughs> so is it is it true? Yeah, it is. It is true. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think you know, it, 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 it's, it's for fun. I think we, on, on Rabta, I was uh, uh, as a news reader. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it it's just like uh, for fun things, and even on another pro- another project, we were just you know as as part of the secondary cast, you know okay. maybe in a, in a restaurant, all of us had to like be there. Okay. So it typically these things happen when you're like you know on long shoots, hmm. and, you know some something for fun you have to like do something that that's okay. okay. It can also be like an internal joke between uh, the director yeah. and you. Yeah, yeah supervisor. Okay. Okay, so that is true. That is not your in-laws putting it up there, supporting no. actor. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Not okay, sir. Okay, awesome. Okay, sir. Now it's just that you know they were not okay. supposed to be dialogues. That's how they kind of coaxed me into that. That you know they just be like okay. one something. Okay. And I was like, okay, if it's like you know one line or one small thing I could just say, but they came up with like a page of like you know four or five dialogues, and then it's extremely difficult. After that, uh, you know, those uh, one or two instances, my respect for actors has become even more. Right, right, it's yes. Meaning, st- standing in front of camera, and then you know, doing what they do. Yeah, it's it's, it's very tough. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy at all. Yeah, at that point, I felt VFX was easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. while it's while it's not as easy as uh, it, it 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 looks, but you know what they what they do. I mean, like you know, everyone in their own domain is like yes. so good. They just mm. make it feel effortless. But when you right. step into their shoes, of course, you mm. can see how the what kind of efforts it takes. Okay, sir. Now coming uh, to the main part. Okay, what is what are the upcoming works uh, that we can look forward to, sir, of yours? Uh, mine, of course, uh, Brahmastra is uh, big. It's it's coming up on September 9th. Um, we are uh, hoping you know the entire audience around the world is going to like really accept it with open arms and. Be, it's, it's going to be a big success and uh, the next one that uh, I'm currently working on is uh, Shazam okay Shazam 2 okay Fury of course yes yeah, yeah. okay so that, that's going on okay so we know you can't really talk much about it but and we respect that but with whatever little information that you can share uh, with us can you tell us how your experience was on working on Brahmastra experience has been uh, phenomenal and uh, uh, one thing is, well, of course, you know, the, the, the team has been putting out uh, teasers and motion posters and you know, songs and you know, stuff. And uh, I have, I've seen like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, messages on uh, YouTube videos and all where people said, you're showing like so much. Hmm. I just wanted to say there is like so much more that people have not seen that they're going to like witness in theaters. It's just going to be a... Amazing, I feel. <laughs> All right, sir. Can't can't wait for it to roll out. Yeah. 
sir is the vfx of brahmastra locked or is it uh, still in the works no no it's it's pretty much done okay it's pretty much done yeah okay awesome uh, sir uh, we've read uh, on the internet that ayan mukherjee uh, had gone to la uh, in 2015 to do an intensive vfx workshop for like 4 to 5 months Mm-hmm. uh having that knowledge he stepped into making brahmastra yeah. so uh, according to you how did that knowledge help in shaping the film the way it is now a lot right because you know of course ayan comes with his own knowledge of filmmaking which is phenomenal and i you know with all the background that you have mentioned and uh, my process of like you know sitting with him and the team and really talking about what our process is going to be because you know in, in the beginning itself i think uh, we put out one video at the beginning of uh, brahmastra which uh, talks about how we started off with uh, you know when we doing this uh, fireball uh, you know the tests and stuff yes. like that yes yes and cg fire of course is one of the most complex okay you know uh, fire water these these are like you know very complex in uh, cg and uh, being able to like uh, create um believable and controllable fire is quite a thing okay so uh, i've i've joined uh, this project you know way way when uh, we were doing those all those tests all the te- all those tests mm, okay. and uh, that time we basically started with uh, creating realistic fire okay and uh, frankly speaking realistic fire looks beautiful when you actually see it but on film when you put it it can get a little boring after certain time okay because the fire is fire hmm. then ayan then came up with this the brilliant thing about like you know let's add some magic into the fire mm-hmm. okay and you know, they then they're like uh, so our our fire of course if you if you uh, i don't know how much of justice or how much of detail you can actually see it on on uh, you know on on uh, screens of uh, computer screens or mobile hmm. screens but when you see it in the theater Mm-hmm. you would actually see lot of small fine particles that we have added into the, the into the fire mm-hmm. which we call the cosmic particles okay so it's almost like you know whatever fire actually has its own embers mm-hmm. along with that there are cosmic particles which actually show you a third dimension of cosmos so wow. every time a fire actually goes you can actually see these cosmic particles having their own movement it's beautiful okay but that of course i think you know it will be much more um, easier to appreciate once you see it on the big screen mm-hmm. so the fire is quite complex in 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 that uh, part and of course uh, initially we were doing lot of uh, real fire tests real fire one shooting is you know there's just no control on that mm-hmm. yeah you can't go beyond a certain point right and there's like lots of smoke right yes. lots of smoke and uh, i was telling you know i am the same thing that you know we cannot shoot with so much of smoke hmm. because we wanted our fire or shiva's fire to be you know divine more magical and stuff hmm. yeah, so much of smoke and you know people are going to just be like this it's dark smoke you hmm. know it might look like you know we're polluting the world okay okay so and so we never wanted after those very initial one or two tests in fact the second day of tests itself uh, we were like very clear that you know we want to like do a digital fire okay and especially you know if you, if you look at it even from a photography standpoint if you expose for fire 
the rest of the shot is going yeah. to go dark. Yeah. Yeah. If you expose yeah. for that, your fire is going to like go out. Yeah, it'll clip. Yes. Yeah. And so there's, you know, and why does fire look beautiful in slow motion? Because you can actually see the details. Hmm. Right. Makes sense. That details is because of like, you know, the right exposure. Hmm. So with all these things, then I said, like, you know, we have to like, just go for digital fire. Digital fire and then we did uh, lots of uh, tests with digital fire and um, um, very successful tests, of course. Okay. And, and then we uh, built from there what uh, we call Shiva's fire. Okay. Shiva's fire is uh, the fire that you have seen in all mm. the trailers, which has this nice pink in that mm. you have, you know, magic particles and cosmic particles and all that. Mm. So that... Um, becomes a, a, a nice characteristic for the fire, which makes it look like so interesting. So that's how we yes. landed up with that. Okay. So definitely, sir, the YouTube uh, comparison is not doing justice to your efforts. Yeah. And uh, as you said, it'll be very evident on the big screen where it's actually meant to be seen. Absolutely. And you know, I, w- I would suggest everyone like see it in 3D if you get an op- opportunity. Uh, because, okay. because what happens is, uh, I've worked on a lot of Pixar films also. Okay. Right? I, and uh, Pixar, Disney and all. So typically what happens is many of them uh, as, a, as a 3D language, they would want 3D, uh, especially in the world, not only not only them, uh, Avengers and everything, they would want 3D more as a window into the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. They will not allow a lot of objects to come out of the screen, which you call mm-hmm. the negative space. Mm-hmm. or the audience space right so what happens is like you know every time even i personally when i see these 3d films i would be like there is such a nice opportunity over here they should have brought that dinosaur a little out okay, okay. things like that but for some reason because you need to like really uh work out your whole 3d graph to be able to like you know make sure that your audience doesn't get a headache mm-hmm. you have to be like very very consciously doing that whole 3d aspect which I think, you know, on Brahmastri, you will see that, you know, we try to like really pull a little bit into audience space. Okay. So we have opened up the 3D space a little. So you can see all this magic and all happening a little closer to you. Okay. So okay. that should definitely be, a, you know, something that I would highly recommend. That you should see for it. Sure, sir. For sure, sir. All the people that I know, I'm taking them uh, for the 3D one only. Yeah, you'll definitely, meaning, I don't know if uh, we put out the 3D teaser out. The trailer. Okay. the trailer we have put it out in 3d okay. and uh, people who have seen in 2d and 3d in 3d uh, many of my friends also told me it just looks like a different film okay same teaser okay wow or the okay. same trailer rather same trailer you watch it in 3d it just looks completely different okay it means it just opens up right so what's uh, that one thing about the vfx of brahmastra that sets it apart from all the other films that you've worked on is there something in particular like, like um, extensive simulation work or any anything? Yeah, I think uh, it, it has pretty much uh, anything that we can talk about, right? From uh, uh, lots of digi doubles to you know, uh, full CG environments. You know, the, in, in, in the trailers and teasers, we have shown a little bit of uh, you know, full 3D environments. Of course, simulations have been extremely extensive, and you know, like fire sims can take up huge uh, spaces uh, mm-hmm. on disk on disk yeah and um, and of course yeah um, lots of sims lots of lots of sim and um, like i said 
there's you know the the percentage of invisible effects is less okay the percentage of big effects that are like you know that that you actually see on screen are a lot more like a spectacle yes. like a spectacle like you know like anything even even the song you see like you know like the big things kind of hmm. exploding the you know in in the fire in, yeah yeah anything okay. like bird, big bird of fire ஸ்டோரி Okay. Even for me, I think it's the, it's the story because no one's going to like come to see visual effects. Hmm. You hmm. want to see just visual effects, you might just say, uh, you know, VFX of this film and YouTube and you'll just get that. Then that's just a showreel. Yeah. It's yeah. just a showreel. And yeah. uh, in, in fact, uh, yeah, I remember this conversation also with, uh, you know, on, on this project also. That we have like so much of visual effects on this film that... we never was we were very conscious right from the beginning that it should not become like a vfx showy okay okay right because vfx always has to be story driven hmm and this film i think is going to be that okay and of course yeah. personally for me i'm i'm like very keen on sound apart from vfx generally i i like a lot to do with sound here like you know proper sound and things like that so yeah okay sound and story i think apart from vfx of course it's my you know first thing but okay yeah wow okay sir i i think you have pretty much you know kind of touched all the questions that you know i have never thought that you know you're going to like ask about like you know different projects i thought you're going to like focus on this one but it was great i think you have covered pretty much everything yeah we didn't we didn't want to stress you out with because we know how you know uh, uh, uh film confidentiality and all works so you're no, like see, very sensitive I, about it absolutely i think i really appreciate that and uh, nowadays since you like a lot of teams work are doing like work from home i think that is one thing that i would urge everyone to like really respect which is mm. confidentiality right because you know whether you're doing a hollywood project or a bollywood project we have to be like very respectful about you know the, the content mm Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you know you you have already taken it up, taken it up in the first place itself. So yeah, good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. And we can't wait to have you on board on another episode after the film releases, so that we can finally get into the spoilery, detailed VFX talk Absolutely. about Brahmastra. Yes, we can. We can do you know sequence dissections and stuff like that. Uh, because this wow. again, like 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 I said, like a lot of it. I'm sure. you'll uh, you'll get to like really witness in the film so yeah looking ahead for that oh, thank you thank you so much sir for making time and you know being a part of this and giving the opportunity to talk to a professional like yourself it it absolutely. really it really means a lot to us absolutely thanks, I, thanks uh, so much thank you thank you so much sir i'm sure you've inspired a lot of people who all will be listening to this and wherever this reaches out uh, can't wait for you to <laughs> uh, come back and can't wait for brahmastra everybody please check it out in theaters in 3d if you can and yes, uh, yes a lot of power to you and 
thank you so much thank you thank so you much. Thank, thanks once again thank you thank you thank you so much sir so that was the episode with mr jaykar arudra i hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as i did and got to understand what all does the role of a vfx supervisor include we'll be talking to him again at some point in the future after the release of brahmastra we will get into the details of the film probably dissect a few scenes in order to understand what all went into the making of it that's it for this episode thank you so much for tuning in and until next time cheers and bye bye